there's no way. There's no way I could tell you what happened 35 years ago. In high school, I, I don't even have a memory of what happened in high school. Do you? What makes a mother of a murdered daughter in Washington, D.C. forgive? An amazing, an amazing story. And can old white men be fair? <laughs> That's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio, as the founding fathers intended, the Lee brothers. My name is Scott Lee. The silence you hear is my brother, my co-host, and my friend Richard Lee, who is not here. He is, um, he's had an interesting 2018. Here we are on um, September, what is it, 21st? Just outside the capital of the Commonwealth, Virginia. It's Scott Lee by himself, as Richard Lee is uh, in the hospital, um, dealing with uh, his health issues that have uh, kind of plagued us the entire year. Uh, Richard is uh, still recovering from a surgery he had and the removing of his pancreas. He is a pancreatic cancer survivor, and he is uh, still going through the complications of that, as you can imagine. And he is in the hospital doing that. And so, um, once again, the Lee brothers are asking for your prayers as, for Richard as he returns uh, safely here to make this program the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth. It's much better when he is here. I think many of you would agree. Of course, you can chime in and help me today. 454-1366, 454-1366, Scott Lee here by myself. Missing Richard Lee. You can send um, prayer requests or prayers at patriots at the and or simply do that on your own. And that's, that's really the best way to help us. Richard is uh, supposed to be out today and, um, and hopefully he's listening and, and, uh, and doing well. I've, I've, I've can't get a hold of him at this point. So, um, I hope he's taking a great nap and, and, uh, and then bugging the nurses as only Richard can, um, coming up at four. Is America racist? Now, we have played with it. We have talked about this not once. I mean, many times. And the country has moved into a position that everyone's racist. The whole entire country's racist. PBS asked Corey Stewart if he thought the country is racist. We'll get that for you at 4 o'clock, as well as the Governor Northam's plan with taxes, which you may not have heard lately, but it'd be interesting. But at 5 o'clock, Corey Stewart's going to join me. Corey Stewart's joining me at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about the campaign against Tim Kaine, who must lose. No, Tim Kaine must lose, and Corey Stewart is the guy, the only guy that has an opportunity to beat him here in November. We'll talk with him at 5 o'clock. Uh, but first, your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. been a tough week, one that I don't even want to pay attention to politics. Am I the only one who looks at this and goes, you know what, I've had it. I've got to take a break from, the, from this ridiculous Supreme Court, 24-7, wall-to-wall coverage. I can't take it anymore! Exactly. It was me. It was me all week. And, and, and to think that we know, or the, the accuser knows, the details of something that happened 35 years ago, when it didn't, there, not, no rape happened. It wasn't, I guess, an attack. To herself, her, her own self, she said it wasn't rape, and that she was not raped. So th- this has been been so much that I just don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't even want to watch it anymore. But, I mean, isn't this interesting that you can recall events? And by the way, we know she can't. She's already 
messed up on the, some of the facts of those events. Her therapist either wrote down something wrong or she did, one of the two, um, about the number of people, four, two, who knows? I mean, really, that, that, that matters. All we know, Kavanaugh was there, right? And we're supposed to know that? It's like the fishtail. The fish that got away is always bigger than the one. I mean, if you ask, you know, I caught this fish 10 years ago. Sure. I mean, the, the, the story just gets, after 35 years, this is why I'm sure every parent will be telling their daughter, this ever happens to you, you address it right then and there. You don't wait. You deal with it. If Kavanaugh was this bad of a dirtbag, he shouldn't have been anywhere near any judge ever, and, and should have been on his record since the age of 17. No one says wait 35 years for this. Apparently, a U.S. congressman out of South Carolina made a, a joke that is, I mean, you can't make jokes right now. The joke was that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was accusing Abe Lincoln of groping her. It's funny. That's actually kind of funny. Not in today's culture. No, sir. That isn't funny. And of course, we'll see what happens to that congressman, which could be worse than what happens to Cap. We don't know. But the thing that bugged me most about this is how the press really hung on and drilled in the fact that it's men in the Senate committee. No, no, no. Not just men, but white men. Men have, men have been getting on my nerves lately. <laughs> hey, Barack Obama. Yeah, men have been getting on his nerves lately. But not even white men. Old white men. See, it's not bad enough that they're men on your judiciary. But they're white men. And that isn't even bad enough that they're white men. But they're old white men. I mean, you can't be a man in our culture anymore and be fair and be honest and be caring and compassionate. In our culture, you can't. But you really can't if you're a white man. If you're a white man, it is beyond everything. You have lost. You're dead to everyone. You are the epitome of evil. You cannot be fair. You cannot be impartial. But worse than a white man is an old white man. You're despicable. If you're a young white man, you might have some opera. I mean, young is better than old. But they have qualified this into three old white men. We lost the clip playing. Is it, is it ready to go, Mark? White. Yeah, here we go. Listen. Once again, it will be all white men on the Republican side of the Judiciary Committee questioning uh, both Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. The Republicans that are on the Judiciary Committee, it is a lineup of white guys over the age of 50. All the white <laughs> men on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And you've got all white men on the Republican side here. On the Republican side, all 11 are white men. No. It's the pause there that brought it in. <laughs> exactly. Listen to, listen, listen to the pause. All 11 pause. are white men. White men. What? This is, this is unbelievable. This is said on every single CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC. Even white men are now claiming they're all white men. The last person just said that was a white man. I bet he's over 50. All 11 are white men. The Republicans. What does that mean? What does it mean? 454 1366. What does that mean? What's the implied problem? 
that your whiteness means something? I thought we wanted to see blind, colorblind society. Now, the color of my skin and how wrinkled it is and the fact that my gender is accurate is now how we judge everybody. I, didn't, I thought we were past that. In, on the Senate Judiciary Committee, it's, it's 11 white men. And the Republicans, it is, it is 11 white men. The Republicans, it happens to be 11 white men. Are these white Republican men essentially going to um, ask her if, if she's telling the truth? 25 years since the Anita Hill hearings, what hasn't changed is the number of white men. <laughs> I, I know have covered lots of these um, yes. white men. And so at the end of the day, if they have a bunch of white men once again defending another white man. Mm. You have 70-something-year-old white men. No offense to them. Right. Who no, like the process being disrupted. Right on the Senate Judiciary <laughs> Committee is all white men. Uh, almost worst-case scenario for a bunch of white men. <laughs> this is absurd. Absurd. The left is absurd. This whole thing is absurd, which made me want to turn it off this week. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366. Scott Lee by himself. Sands and missing Richard Lee. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Well, if you ask me where I come from, here's what I tell everyone. I was born by God's dear grace. In an extraordinary place. The United States of America. With the stars and stripes. You know, at 4 o'clock, PBS uh, interviewed Corey Stewart and asked him about race in America and race relations. PBS, you won't believe some of the questions. We're going to play clips for those at 4 o'clock. Scott Lee in here by himself. Richard Lee's in the hospital. We've covered your prayers as we also wonder why and how this intolerable hatred for men has resonated. Where did it come from? And it's perpetuated by, I mean, I don't hear conservative women doing this. Why are liberal women so hate-filled of men? I mean, Barack Obama, obviously, men have been getting on his nerves, too. Men have, men have been getting on my nerves lately. <laughs> it's just, that clip is too much. That's hilarious. Here's Joy Behar on The View this week. These people in Congress right now, in that Senate Judiciary Committee, these white men. There it is. Okay, white men. Already we know white men. Now, if they were black men, what would what would Joy Behar stay at the point? I, I guess there wouldn't be real black men. They'd be like fake black men, since they're Republicans. I mean, where do, that's what it starts with. How come there's an adjective of white in front of it? Very committee. These white men, old. Oh, oh, hey, there's the old part. Well, they're not young, so they're old. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> it's old. Go ahead, Joy men old by the way mm -hmm. are not protecting women they're yeah. protecting they're a man who is probably guilty wow there's your presumption of innocence probably guilty how do you know it's unbelievable can men not be fair can old white men not be fair are they really the scrounge of society now 454-1366. Vinny from Queens. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Or me, Scott Lee. Sands Richard. Scott, Scott, nice to talk to you, man. Uh, you know, prayers go out for you and your family. Thank you. Uh, you know, back, I'm an old white man, by the way, Scott. <laughs> Let me just, I, I identify as straight old white man. Uh-oh. You know? You've got four things about veteran era. Yes. Hang on, that's and, not good. Uh, that's a lot against you there. Yeah, and I grew up in the 60s, you know? And, uh, 
there was a, in back in the day, we used to call it the backseat boys. That was before the backstreet boys. Okay. <laughs> and we'd have the drive-ins and so on, you know, order the full plate, hot dogs, popcorn, whatever. And, you know, I grew up in Queens, not far from Trump and Bihar. And yeah. she was called backseat joy. <laughs> and you know, uh, she, that's where she got her name. She was, she was a ball of joy, by the way. And uh, back in the day, we don't even remember who we were in the back seat with. So I could have been with any one of these people. I'm waiting to be called out. I'm waiting to get a lawyer letter or some indictment to show up in court. You know, I'm an old white guy from Queens. Well, if you're running for the Supreme Court, you never know who'd show up, Vinny. I mean, especially if you had people who were against you politically. I mean, Kavanaugh has put his family out there. It's a risk. He is now on stage. And now someone accuses him of doing something that he has denied. I mean, that's, that's a horrible position to be in. Now, the, the threats coming to, towards Kavanaugh now from the left, and apparently this other woman is getting threats too, which I can't understand. Who, who in our country, and what has happened to our country, that political positions ha- causes you to not just disagree politically, but want to hurt them? Or, or to use a four-letter word, hate them? Where's the hatred coming from? There's some on the right who are attacking this woman. I would never attack this woman. Never. Although I think it might be politically motivated, I would never attack her and, 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 and wish bad things upon her. Coming up at 335, a mother of a murdered daughter in D.C. doesn't even have hatred. Her daughter was murdered, and she doesn't have... We, we are upset about a Supreme Court justice, and the hate in this country for this man, and in some cases this woman, is intolerable. Yet a mother lost her daughter and doesn't have hate for the murderer. Wait to hear that story coming up at 3.30. You will not believe what, what, cha- what possible... Inside someone could, could build that way. We don't, I guess we might need that across our country. We'll talk about it then. Hawaii Senator Maxi Hirono, she had to jump in to the fray about this, this man problem, the problem of men, you see. Men have, I expect men have been getting on the my nerves. men in this country and the men in this committee and many of them. Wait, men in the country now? So now you got men on a committee that translates to men in this country. So all men in the country are evil. All men on the committee are now evil, thanks to the senator. Expect the men in this country and the men in... What if we said something like, the women in this country, they're just emotional, out of control. Women's voting rights have, have voted for Democrats and put all Democrats in power. They're a problem. What if someone came out and said that? What if someone... This, Old white women, you know, like Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi. Could you imagine the outrage if someone said that? But, but these U.S. senators, these, these Joy Behart's of the world, and all the reporters think it's okay to trash a complete gender. 
this committee and many of them, believe me, because we all signed on to this letter to uh, demand an FBI investigation. But really, guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of ac actions? It's the men in this country. And I just want to say to the men of this country, just shut up and step up. I've heard that before. Do the right thing. That's what every man wants to hear, some woman to say that to him. You want, you want hatred. You want division. Have a woman say that in your every day. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366. Scott Lee, missing his brother, Richard Lee. 820 WNTW. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. Friday, just before 3.30 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers... By himself, Scott Lee here. Richard is in the hospital recovering from the pancreatic cancer surgery he had uh, about a year ago or more. It's been, uh, it's been a tough ride for uh, our household and the Lee family. And uh, obviously, Richard is a very important part of this radio program and one that uh, quite honestly keeps it, <laughs> keeps it fun. Don't worry, I've heard that before, Mark, many times. But uh, <laughs> he, is, uh, he is missed here. And uh, we covet your prayers. As we uh, move on throughout the radio program by myself here, although I have Mark to help me, Mark promises uh, to make the show more uh, entertaining than it, than, uh, than it has been. So we got that going for us. I don't, I don't get the uh, intolerable hatred for the old white man here. This, uh, this idea is nothing but divisive. The fact that you're old, you can't be, you can't be helpful if you're white, essentially, and if you're male, you got a problem. Um, th these aren't talking points that help. This is divisive. Obviously, nobody, nobody is likes this scenario and wishes we could help both sides. Kavanaugh's reputation is on the line, and this lady uh, is claiming something serious, and it, it should be looked at in both ways. All right, hey, check us out at 820theanswer.com. 820theanswer.com takes you to our page. There's a new ad from uh, Congressman Dave Bratt there. Is it good? You tell me and a new way to board airplanes. United is testing a new plan. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly there. Coming up, is faith good for America? It just might be the answer. 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. version of the Federalist Papers without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. 3.35 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. How about Jefferson, Madison, and Henry, real Virginians. Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend, and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee, who is not here today. Richard is in the hospital with uh, struggling with um, the, the uh, results of pancreatic cancer and the impact on his life and his body, and it has been a tough year. So Richard has, um, has just been struggling with a lot of things all year. And a lot of times in this radio program, we come here and, 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 and we discuss 
everything, and no one really knows what's behind the scenes. And Richard is phenomenal at it. There's not a better human being on the planet that has such a great outlook on life, that is contagious, that makes you feel good about things than, than him. Um, he's missed here in the studio. He makes the show better, and, uh, and, and, and he's in the hospital right now, so we covet your prayers. There is, uh, it's just interesting when we think about all the things that we went through. You know, we have a, a sponsor on this program called Dose Guardian, a, a phenomenal machine that is, uh, is designed to make sure you take the perfect amount of medication and you take it on time, you take it every day. You can check it out at uh, 820theanswer.com. Clicking on Lee Brothers takes you more to the information about Dose Guardian, but it's so perfect. And Richard brags about this thing all the time. You've heard the ads on this show, and um, it's just so perfect for people who are in positions like Richard. Uh, so we're grateful for that. Uh, we're, we're grateful for the health that we have, uh, even as it deteriorates. Um, th- there are so many people struggling with so many things that it is good. It is right. It is true to pause and give thanks, even in difficult circumstances. Some that you can't even possibly imagine. The loss of a loved one would be an example. What, what makes somebody continue to move on when you've got health issues, when you've got other things that are happening, whether it's a job loss, family crisis, what, what makes somebody move on? What makes the mother of Wendy Martinez, the woman who was fatally stabbed while jogging near her home on Tuesday in Washington, D.C., she was murdered and killed by a stabbing What makes the mother of this woman react like she did? Here's here's what she said, and it's it's just unbelievable. I'm sad, but at the same time, I'm not resentful. I have chosen to forgive, and I forgive that person. How do you do that? She said, quote, my heart has no room for hate. It has no room for resentfulness. We believe in the greatest judge and the ultimate person that's going to give what is deserved. So I'm asking my family to do the same, let it go, unquote. Really? She said, quote, Wendy is at peace. She is happy. We want to follow that example. Wow. This woman is a Christian. This is an example of what the cure for America is. If this woman can can forgive the murderer of her daughter, surely we can get along with people who think of us differently politically. Surely we can rejoice, even as the Richards in the hospital, we can rejoice in the fact that God is sovereign over the affairs of men and that he is still here and everything is going to be okay. The best we can tell. I mean, that's, you got to have hope in that way. That's why this breaking news story or this new survey that says there's a link between religious upbringing and health and well being. The American Journal of Epidemiology, a study done by Harvard's Chan School of Public Health, said that religious people are healthier, not only physically, but mentally. Quote, compared with no attendance at at least weekly attendance of religious services were associated with a greater life satisfaction and positive effect 
a number of character strengths, lower probabilities of marijuana use, and earlier sexual um, testing and trying, and fewer lifetime sexual partners, directly related to religion. This study may come as a shock to some, but not me. Not this mother who lost her daughter. The study's author revealed these findings are important for both understanding our health and our understanding of parenting practices. Many children are raised religiously, and our study shows that can powerfully affect their health behaviors, mental health, overall happiness and well-being. If any government wants to promote the well-being of its people, think about allowing ample space for people to have freedom to believe and to live out those beliefs. ACLU. Not that I'm talking directly to you, but I kind of just was. Unbelievable. Is this not the kind of change we need in our country? An example of a mother who lost her daughter in Washington, D.C. 454-1366. Paul from Mechanicsville. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Hey, Scott. Good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'll say an extra prayer for your brother. Thank you. Um, and uh, I, I'm going back to a little bit of your previous subject. Uh, you know, where is the, where were the parents of this uh, woman Ford? You know, I had a brother-in-law that went to uh, Georgetown Prep, but it's relatively hidey tidy. You know, mm-hmm. did she say anything to her parents after all this happened? You know, is there any of that uh, kind of evidence that's been bought out? No. Or she or said nothing. She, she not said no, exactly. She said nothing to anybody except yeah. her therapist, which was years and years later. Yeah, pure hypocrisy, all planned by Diane Feinstein. Anyway, listen, best of luck to Richard, and uh, thank you for taking my call. You bet, Paul. Thank you for the call, 454-1366. It does raise many questions about the entire thing. I mean, the the, the information I was getting is there was a there were parties that were surrounded this prep school, and there was part of an initiation that these girls went through with drinking and some of the guys. Where where were the parents on all this? Why why was no one really paying attention and and um, this is not what parents want for their kids, to have something like this happen and then they remain silent for 35 years and then bring it out. I wonder what our parents are thinking today. Why didn't you tell me? I mean, we could have dealt with it then. Now we're in the middle of a complete, absolute circus train act wreck that is now a Supreme Court justice. Think how this could have been dealt before that. Instead, we kind of held on to it. For what reason? other than to make a political statement, which is what most people are thinking. And is it really the place to do that? Does this woman want, does the woman Ford want this to be now considered a political event? The only possibility you can come up is, yes, that's exactly what she wants. It's a political move. Otherwise, why do it then? I mean, as soon as she heard the name Kavanaugh, wouldn't she have said something to somebody if it was real? Or forget then, like within the last year, how about, when it first happened, if it was such an event that changed her life for 35 years. It's just, it's so frustrating. It's one of the reasons why I just turned it off this week. Unfortunately, I, obviously you only turn it off for a little while and then you turn it back on and just shake your head again and listen to how men are the problem. Men have, men have been getting on my nerves lately. Yeah, that's right. See, Barack Obama even agrees. The solution to all that, to so much angst in our country isn't found at the Supreme Court. It's not found in Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's not going to change anything for anyone. He's not. And if he does, then the Congress can make laws that are different. Judges are only supposed to uphold the law. That's it. 
If a law is unconstitutional, they decide, and this, the, the Congress goes back and, and makes it constitutional, whatever it might be. They don't make laws. Roe v. Wade is not made by the Supreme Court, although it is. It wasn't a law in the country. never was. C- Congress didn't vote on that, which makes you wonder why can't it be overturned? Why is the left so crazy about that? We may get that later in the program. It turns out that religion in life is a bigger impact than anything. This, this new group, this new um, uh, survey or this study by Harvard suggests that, man, we better, we better make everything possible to make religion a bigger part of our culture and our people. That's what we should be doing because it makes a difference. It makes mothers forgive. It breaks down barriers. It is the ultimate and of colorblind society. Except we're fighting it. At everywhere, everywhere we go, we're fighting religion. We don't want any part of it. We've got people suing high schools. This one in Lake City, Michigan, a four-year-old little girl is battling an illness and she was hospitalized. Members of Lake City, Michigan community gathered in a football field in a heartfelt demonstration of support for the Harper family. Attendees called it a family circle, and a pastor offered a prayer. The entire community surrounded this football field and prayed for this little family. The football team live-streamed the gathering on Facebook and posted it there. Under the threat of litigation, the school took down the video. Why? Because the Association of Civil Rights Activists cried foul and claimed that the school property had to remain free from religion. Wow. Yeah, because we can't have religion in our lives. It's, it's too much of a good thing. And what a threat. It had to be at Lake City, Michigan, to have this community wrap around this football field and pray. What a threat to humanity. And now, Bert and Ernie... Don't even know about them anymore. That's next. Your phone calls 454-1366-454. Yes, I know they're they're just puppets. 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. Come fly with me in an upside down world. There's so many strange things to see. There's upside down people who walk down the street with upside down feet on their upside down feet. Flying the plane. Yeah, I get it. Got it. Lee Brothers, Virginia citizens and American patriots. Just me, Scott Lee. Richard Lee is in the hospital. We cover your prayers as he's recovering. He should be out this afternoon, and that would be a very good thing as he can uh, enjoy the weekend and and then uh, be back here next week from 3 to 6 every single Friday. You can uh, drop us an email at patriots at theleebrothers.com if you want to uh, send Richard uh, your best. Uh, he gets those emails when he's not in the hospital. And when he is in the hospital, I get them. Missing him badly here. All right, 454-1366. You know, I just want I just want a little help from the culture is all. It used to be our culture was something that upheld the views of most parents trying to raise their kids to be moral, productive, and God-fearing. Now it's the exact opposite. Everything that is outside the realm of... Um, of where you're trying to raise your kids is now everywhere. By the way, did you see that Planned Parenthood is now trying to open the second location in Richmond in the East End? Yeah, that's 
Oh no, Scott Lee, they're about they're they're about healthcare. Yeah, right. They're about one thing. They're about abortion. Oh no, that's only three percent of what they do. Yeah, and uh, and the Major League Baseball, they sell a whole lot more hot dogs, so they must be in the hot dog business. No, they're in the baseball business. Do they provide a hot dog? Sure. They are in the baseball business. Planned Parenthood is in the abortion business. I guess we should celebrate the fact they're going to have one on the East End now. And here's another thing. Remember this, this uh, female cyclist on a bike that flipped off Trump's motorcade? We talked about this on our show not, not so long ago. She, she, she gave the middle finger to President Trump and bragged about it. Went on Ellen DeGeneres' show, went on all The View and all these things and talked about how great it was and a great example for her kids. I mean, just absolute insanity. Now she's going to seek a, uh, a um, bid for a public office. And she'll win. She gave the middle finger to President Trump. She deserves your vote. This is the character of a fine, outstanding American. Because the middle finger says so much about who you are, not who they are. You have the IQ of a deck chair. <laughs> That's a good one. What a, what a view into what's in your heart. Julie Briskman, she's 51. She wants to unseat a Republican in her district up in Loudoun County. Good. She'll win. When you can flip off the motorcade of the president and be nationally known for it, you're going to go places. You can be president. Who knows? Burton Ernie's, I remember this as a kid watching Burton Ernie. Just great. Great little lessons. Never once did I ever think, are they gay? Never came to mind. Not one time. In fact, it didn't come to mind until this week. I was like, they're gay? Who would have known? And by the way, who cares? Even more, who cares? Unless you have an agenda, it doesn't matter. Unless you have an agenda, nobody cares what anyone does in their bedroom, including puppets. Velvet-made puppets run on strings and sticks. They're puppets. Boy, Jim, there must be a lot of different kinds of puppets. As a matter of fact, Ralph, you know, you're a puppet. I, I, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I said you are a puppet. Oh, uh, no, no, Jimbo, I'm a, I'm a dog, remember? Woof, woof. Well, I hate to tell you, Ralph, but you're, you're a dog puppet. No, no, I, I'm a real dog. Honest, <laughs> I can prove it. Look, look, my Maybe. dinner dish has dog written on it. See, it says right here, it says D, uh, It says uh, cat. No, that, that's the wrong one. There, see, uh, it's, it's dog. I'm a, I'm a dog. Is he a gay dog? No, no, not really, Ralph. You, you want to see my, the scar from my rabies shot? No. I'm a real dog, all right? <laughs> look, look, I can sit up. They're puppets. I can bay. Oh, please, please, I beg of you. That's begging, see? And look, I can even play dead. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very good, Ralph, but Ralph, Ralph. Uh, that, see, that was playing dead. Yeah, but still you're a puppet. I, I can prove it to you, Ralph. Just just look down. Uh, 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 down? Yeah, look down underneath you. Underneath? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a man down there. <laughs> that's a puppeteer. You're a puppet. It's fake. You know what that means? No. Oh, no. I can't stand it. Good grief. But only the left. (laughs) But only the left would care what puppets are. There's a radical agenda. What if the the Christians got together and said, hey, just found out that uh, Bert and Ernie are Christians. No, they're Christians. They proclaim the name of Christ. Even that, they're Calvinist Christians. Then what? Oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. 
I mean, the left would go crazy. No, we know they're Christians. Look how they act to each other. They treat each other as if they would want to be treated like the golden rule. They were honest with each other, took care of each other. It mattered how they spoke to one another. They're Christian puppets. The left would go crazy. Scram! There is, there's an analogy here, quite honestly. Nobody cares that you are gay. No one cares whether Bernie or Bert and Ernie are gay. Nobody. The, the community of leftist uh, totalitarianism care. Most people, here's an example. Most people don't care about whether you smoke or not, whether it's even good for you or not. They don't care. You go smoke, you smoke if you want. But if you're going to take a puff of a cigarette and then you're going to hunt down those who don't like smoking and you're going to blow smoke in their face, you might have a problem with that. That might create a little bit of an issue. Otherwise, just smoke. Go smoke with all you want. Nobody cares whether you smoke and or hurt yourself. But if you're going to take a puff of that cigarette and walk around and find everyone who hates smoking and blow it in their face, that is a problem with our culture. That will cause issues. Bert and Ernie, gay or not, is irrelevant. No one cares. Nobody. Quit blowing smoke. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. All right, coming up in the radio program. By the way, Richard is uh, out of the hospital in 30 minutes. So uh, that's good news, and... Um, and all that, uh, just got that update from him, by the way. So things are good. Thanks for your prayers for Richard. Of course, he'll be back here next Friday as he is continuing to recover from a long year. Um, so that's good news. Coming up, um, America. Good, bad, is it racist? Is it a problem? PBS tracked down Corey Stewart and asked him that question. I'm going to play these things for you. You will not believe it. It's just unbelievable. And a new socialist is running in Northern Virginia. A new socialist. That's that's fun. Guess what? Democrat. Yeah. Democrat running for the state Senate. We'll discuss that and so much more. Check us out, 820theanswer.com. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. And your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820-WNTW. Talk show today. It's the one-headed talk show. Well, it's two. Mark's here. Mark can make, well, then it'd normally be three, but now it's essentially two. Richard Lee is uh, getting out of the hospital in 30 minutes. He had some internal bleeding going on and some other complications from his surgery as he continues to fight pancreatic cancer, although his pancreas was removed. Richard is an amazing human being. He's been through a lot in the last year and a half. And the, the, the best of all of it is we know that you are praying for us and we thank you for that. No thoughts. Don't want thoughts. We just want prayers because we believe they work. We've seen them in action. We've seen them work. We believe a God is big enough to handle all of our crisis is uh even if we don't know the answer and see it happen here we know that he is in charge and we take comfort in that so <coughs> excuse me that gets me all choked up thank you for uh praying for our family richard will be back here next friday so it's just me just me scott lee all right coming up at five o'clock Corey stewart will be with me live he's calling in we're gonna have a great conversation about how uh it is uh, critical to the cause of freedom and liberty to uh to have tim king go home in January. And uh, Corey Stewart says he can do that. So we'll talk with him at five. But first, uh, what happened at PBS this week? 
there was a uh, interview that took place. Actually, it was a pretty good interview. Uh, I thought Corey Stewart did did a pretty good job uh, with this, but I want to play that for you because I believe the questions and his and his answers are exactly where most of America lives. You see, every single day, you and me. Forget the press, forget TV, forget what you're seeing at the Washington Post, the New York Times. See, Forget what you hear at MSNBC and every leftist dribble that America is a bunch of racists, that nobody can function in America because America has put down people and continues to stand over them. And the white old man is the problem. Forget all that because you and me, we live in the real world of America. The real world of America holds the doors for one another. The real world of America does not see color. The real world of America where you live and the workplaces where you live is a colorblind society, for the most part. America's not racist. Our institutions aren't racist. The police aren't racist. If you're looking for racism, you can make up any story you want. You could probably find what you think is evidence of racism, but America's not racist. It's not. Corey Stewart starts out with saying almost exactly that. I think for the, ma- for the most part, I would say 99% of Virginians are good people who are not racists, who simply want the same things for their children as everybody else, uh, whether they're white or black or Hispanic or Asian, they want good schools, good roads, they want jobs, they want a strong American defense. Uh, and I think that we're overemphasizing race in this country. I couldn't agree more overemphasizing we have an entire political party dedicated to making sure that you know that there's racism in the country. Imagine growing up every day being told America's racist by Democrats. There are some families, there are some schools, teachers, there's entire media outlets dedicated to telling you that America's racist and bad. And we're supposed to think that doesn't have an impact on people? And by the way, the amazing amount of racism and institutional racism started when Trump got elected. Not before that, you see, because the most powerful man in the planet Earth was a black man, President of the United States. But before that, we weren't. But now, all of a sudden, in the last year and a half, we are. The interview went on, PBS and Corey Stewart. America has moved on, but a lot of Democratic politicians, race hustlers are still out there, still trying to divide America by race. And I think that's wrong. Do you believe that a white child born in this country today has precisely the same opportunity as a child of color who is born in this country today? Isn't that an interesting question? See, the, the premise of the question is inherently in the, I mean, you know what the answer is supposed to be. I mean, the politically correct answer. Oh, no. If you're born in this country and you're not white, you're doomed. What a pile of garbage. You imagine that is believed by so many people. Listen to the question again. Do you believe that a white child born in this country today has precisely the same opportunity as a child of color who is born in this country today? I think she meant to say it the other way around. In other words, what she's saying is, if you're born a minority in the United States of America... It's bad for you. You don't have the same opportunities. Now, we're going to try to get to Corey Stewart's answer here in a second, but what's your answer? How would you answer that question? 
454-1366. How would Scott Lee answer that question? I would ask that question, what other country do you want to be born in? What other country would you rather be born that has more opportunity than us? The United States. Can you tell me? I mean, you would rather be born somewhere other than the United States of America? And, And here's the other part of the question. You actually think that the color of someone's skin in America holds them back? Less than two years ago, Barack Obama was the president of the United States. And if every single black person voted for him and every single white person voted against him, he would not have been president. So America voted for him in overwhelming numbers, by the way. He won big in both elections. So America's racist and it matters that you're born white because only those born white in America have, are going to make it and be more privileged. So if there is a difference in how you're born with privilege, there just might be. There might be a difference. Let's see how Corey Stewart might answer in this part. Or has America no, moved I, past I, I it? For the most part, I, I, I really don't believe that most of our issues uh, are, are due to race. I, I think that... Now, listen to that. I don't believe most of our issues are due to race. It's a great point. They're not. But we're told they are. Meanwhile, the rest of America goes through a, a, a Virginia, that is, and, and they live their lives. I don't drive around and see color of people. I don't pull in a parking lot and say, oh, there's blacks over there, there's white. I don't do that. I don't go to work every day and see different colors. Do you do that? Democrats do that. The VCU president, Michael Rao, does that, where he stands up and says that, you know, I, the, the VCU is diverse on purpose. It's planned that way. We did it on purpose. We looked at the color of the resumes and the applications to our school and, high, and brought them here based upon the color of their skin. Only Democrats do that. I don't even think mainstream Democrats who vote Democrat do that. The left does that. Corey Stewart, continue, please. Or has America no, moved I, past I, I, it? For the most part, I, I, I really don't believe that most of our issues uh, are, are due to race. I, I think that... You think well, like an individual who is black or Hispanic does not have fewer opportunities? No, I don't believe that at all. Okay. Thank you. Now, I'll let him finish in a second. I'll play the rest of it. I, he doesn't believe that at all. And you know what? I don't either. It's United States of America. Look up, look up Les Brown. Look up, he's a motivational speaker. He's African-American. He was labeled mentally retarded. He was a foster child. He was kicked out of school. He had no hope. People mocked him and made fun of him. He became the world's best motivational speaker because he made 100 phone calls a day, so many that he developed a callus on one of his ears. And today he calls that ear his million-dollar ear because if you want to hear Les Brown speak, a phenomenal African-American, if I must point out a color of his skin, motivational speaker, it will cost you $50,000 an hour to hear him. That is the United States of America, diametrically opposed to the radical leftist view that America sucks. We're not racist. More of this clip next and your phone calls. 454-1366, 454 454-1366. 
1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the Second only when necessary. My daddy served in the Army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. The Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. One of the best songs of all time. So here we find ourselves in 2018. Every political race, since I can possibly remember, tries to pit one party against the other based upon race. You see, the Democrats are pure as a wind-driven snow. They're, they're no racist anything. All they want are the minorities to be free to do what they want. It's, by the way, that's far from the truth. They want them uh, as a voting block. They want them dependent on government. And then the Republicans are, they don't know what a black issue is. They don't know what a Latino issue is. They think issues are for everybody. I mean, who doesn't want tax cuts? Who doesn't want freedom and liberty? Who doesn't want less government? I mean, doesn't have everybody? I mean, you mean there's a policy that depends on the color of someone's skin? So Corey Stewart was asked about this by PBS, asked about this whole race argument, and Corey Stewart's doing a pretty good job of defending it. Here he says. I, I think that... You think well, like an individual who is black or Hispanic does not have fewer opportunities? No, I doesn't, don't believe that at all. Okay. I, I think it has to do with socioeconomics. I think that a, hmm. a child who is white, who is born in a, in a, in a trailer park uh, to a single mom, uh, is going to have fewer opportunities uh, than, than a child who, you know, grew up with both parents in a middle-class neighborhood. I mean, that's just a fact. And it's called life, by the way. And if you don't think it's fair, it may not be, but it's, it's life. And fairness and perfection doesn't exist anywhere. The only hope for mankind is a free market capitalistic America. If you don't like the fact that someone has less of an opportunity as a single mother and, and child, as Corey Stewart said in the trailer park, what's the, the solution isn't more government. The solution is the decisions you make. There's a reason why this woman is, I guess, single and living in a trailer park without a, a, a father. I don't know what that is, but the answer isn't more government, you see. Here. But it has, but it, but it has very little to do with, with race, and it has all to do with uh, socioeconomics. And I think one of the great things about where the Republican Party is moving today is that we are now attracting more people who grew up in working-class neighborhoods with fewer opportunities, and they see the Republican Party as the party of prosperity, the party of opportunity. And it is. It's not the party of government. It's not the party of more shackles of government. It's the party of freedom, giving you more ability to control your own destiny and your own. But if you're told every day by a press and a people that America is racist, then, man, it's going to be hard for you. Imagine growing up in that circumstance. Here's more. Or has America no, moved past I, I think it? For the most part, I, I, I really don't believe that uh, most of our issues. That was the one we just played. Here's the, here's the other one, a, a more of a, a, a expansion upon that. How would you know if your thoughts are not just what you hope to be true? <laughs> you have it's a great idea, question. A, a, How do you know you're just not full of hope? You darn it, Corey Stewart, you're just hopeful. Maybe you're dead wrong. Maybe America is a bunch of racists. How do you know you're not wrong? <laughs> the question's unbelievable. I mean, who does that? What do you, how do you know you're right? I mean, 
Do you really know? How would you know if your thoughts are not just what you hope to be true? You have an, a, a view of this country that matches, I think, what people idealize about this country, equal opportunity, the hope that anyone can get ahead here. How would you know that? By the way, that's true, but you could just be wrong. You poor little Corys do. You could be wrong. How would you know that you're not just believing what you want to be true of this country and not looking more deeply to find out if there are problems along racial lines? Well, because this is something that um, is not very well known about me, uh, and that is that I've been governing for 12 years the most racially mixed county uh, in Northern Virginia. It, it is a composite of America, and it is racially diverse. It is diverse uh, socioeconomically. And so it's an example of how he isn't a racist. The, the premise... It's just amazing. You see, the premise has to be that America's racist. And if you don't think that, then you sure you're right? I mean, you sure you got all this hope in you that it's that way? Well, let me just ask you this. If you're told every day that there's no hope, that based upon the color of your skin, you already are in the back seat, as it were, or you already have an up, could you imagine the difference? I mean, what if you... We're told every day that, congratulations, the chances of you born in America are like 1% for the planet. By God's grace, you are in the greatest country on earth. Does this country have problems? Sure. Guess what? Human beings are here. Human beings are fallen creatures. We know we have problems. The founders even knew that. They put in places checks and balances because men are corrupt and evil and want power. Where else do you want to be? Tell your children that America's not racist, but America's the best place for you. You're lucky to be here. Fall on your knees every morning and thank God that you're in America where you can succeed. Are there roadblocks? For every person on this planet, there's a roadblock. Every one of you. Oh, I, I've got a health issue or I've got a whatever issue. Overcome them. But we have a party telling you that you can't unless you vote for me. That is an issue. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers. It's just amazing. It's amazing how different you'll look in America if you're told different things about it. The Democrats are angry. They hate America. They think it's unjust. They tell everyone that, and they walk around bad all the time. And it's, someone's got to make it right because things aren't fair. On the other side, you might have people saying, look, life isn't fair. It's not. And there's nowhere else on this planet that's more fair, fair in air quotes, than here. Imagine the difference of your kids when that happens. Imagine you're telling your kids every day, America sucks, it's racist, it's not good for you, too bad your skin color is the wrong color, because good luck. Wow. The other way around, you could say Barack Obama was president of the United States. You can be too. America did that. America eradicated slavery. America's original documents were in place to get rid of slavery. Abraham Lincoln looked back at them and used them as the reasoning behind it. Thomas Jefferson wrote them and then even tried to get rid of it in the General Assembly. 
This was our intent of our country was to be free for all men. That was the original intent of it. Imagine telling your families that. Instead of saying uh, the press telling everyone they're racist, why does the press say America was meant to be what we are today? More free and welcoming. Instead, we got a party dedicated to destroying that concept. I'm not done with this. I'm going to play more of this. PBS went on to ask Corey Stewart about republicanism and what it means. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Scott Lee, by himself, covering the prayers for Richard Lee as he returns next week. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. Well, Richard's not here today. You can't prove me wrong today. I bet he's just going crazy, too. Dang it, I was there to prove Scott's wrong. Richard is in the hospital. We cover your prayers for the Lee household. He has uh, had some eternal bleeding as he's recovering from pancreatic cancer, as many of you know. Uh, it's been a, about a year or more since we've been struggling with this, and um, it's just one of those things that uh, uh, is sticking around. And and we 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 uh, ask for your prayers. As an amazing man that Richard is, he's fighting the battle and 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 doing it with a smile on his face, which is to me the most amazing thing about him. But uh, his hope is something completely. It's placed somewhere completely different. It's not here, which is good news. So. Uh, that's that's a story, Richard. Uh, my name is Scott Lee, obviously, and he is my co-host, my friend, and my brother. So continue to pray for him as we uh, move forward here. He will be here next Friday from three to six. That's what he told me. I mean, he, he said, "Yeah, can't you can't do this? Can't do this on my own without him here to correct me." So that's good news. All right, four five four thirteen sixty six. Before we get to this new um, this new person running for uh, the state senate up in Northern Virginia. Um, let's, uh, let's go back to this, this PBS interview with Corey Stewart about, about race and our, I actually enjoyed this interview tremendously. I, I listened to the whole thing and watched it. I thought Corey Stewart did a great job talking about, uh, there's too much emphasis on it. It's, it's, uh, it's not America. It's, you know, we are an amazing country. Where's, but then, then the questions turned to more of the Republican party. And I thought it was interesting. Here's the first one. What is the future of the Republican Party? Because, frankly, the demographics of the Republican Party right now are d- don't have a lot of life to them. They don't have decades. They don't? Where does that come? Why isn't that question asked of the Democratic Party? I mean, who's the leader there? I mean, have you seen Nancy Pelosi and, and all? What's that about? What do you mean the Republicans have no future? They own all, they, they run the Congress. Trump's the president. He's a Republican. The economy's phenomenal thanks to Republican policies. And by the way, those who say this is Obama's economy, I just want you to tell me the policy that Obama put in place to get us this economy. There isn't one. In fact, everything he did was the very opposite of what Trump has done. But that's a totally other story. All right, continue. It's in decades ahead. What is the future for this party? How do you deal with the party that some, fairly or not, see as racist fairly or not it's it's completely unfair if we said the democrat party was a bunch of racists would that be fair or unfair it'd be unfair i think 
there are racists in the Democratic Party, but the party itself is not racist. I don't consider them to be racist. In fact, I, I think most of the racism is such small. It's like the, it's like the, 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 the unicorn. I truly believe that. Let's see what he says. Well, I, 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 I think that the, the future of the, of the Republican Party is very, very bright. Uh, but how I, do you broaden who's in the party? Why do I see that, say that? Because the ideas that are behind the Republican Party. Did you hear a question? How do you broaden who's in the party? Wait, well, you make the case for freedom and liberty. I can't stand this question. How do you broaden the party? Why is that Republican more broad? It is broad. It is. Just because we don't put every nationality and color behind the speaker at our conventions does not mean we're not broad in our reach. There are plenty of African-Americans who embrace the ideals of Republicanism. But you're talking to me, Ben Carson? I mean, Ben Carson's an uh, African-American. How about Alan West? You see, here's the, here's the question. How do you broaden the Republican Party? You make the case for liberty. You don't come up with liberal policies. Actually, the question should be, how do you get more liberals to see the views of the conservatives? But instead, they paint it inside this racial component. Here's, a, here's the other part of this as it continues to say, what's wrong with the Republicans? Obviously, whether you think it's fair or not, the Republican Party is being tagged in minority communities as being anti-minority. So well, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? The Republican Party's anti-minority. What's the policy that's anti-minority? Can someone tell me what Republican policy is out there to get the minorities? They're tagged as anti-minority. Okay. Tell me the Republican that's out there that's anti-minority. And then tell me why. In fact, some say Corey Stewart is anti-minority. Well, what's the policy that Corey Stewart would put in place that would be dreadful to the minorities? I mean, someone said that Corey Stewart's a racist. Well, what's the policy that Corey Stewart would implement that would make everyone racist? I mean, the same thing said about Trump. Well, he's a racist. Well, what policy is Trump putting out there that impacts negatively the minorities? You see this? See where this goes? Let's see what Corey Stewart says. As being anti-minority. That's the Democrats. That's only that has nothing to do with Republicans. It, no, it doesn't. It has it has almost everything to do with the Democrats are fearful that they're going to lose their base. But it has nothing to do with Republicans and their policy towards, say, urban housing. Urban housing. So the Republicans, what's their policy on urban housing? They don't want any urban housing. I'll tell you the policy and the conservative view of it is free markets ought to allow for better at pricing. What do you mean is an urban policy on it? I mean, what's that? Their policy towards um, urban schools. Urban schools? What's the policy of the Republic? That we have the best program for urban schools. The conservative view for urban schools is amazing. Right now we have Carter Elementary that will not be accredited in Richmond. We have Henrico saying we want to spend $80 million to build schools. Conservatives have the best plan for Carter Elementary. The best. Go to the parents and say, this school sucks. Your kids shouldn't be forced to go here. Go where you want. What parent on this planet doesn't want the best education for their kids? And what parent wouldn't take 
a $5,000 check, a $10,000 check from the government to go find the school that's best for them. What's the policy for urban schools that Republicans have? It's called freedom. It's called liberty. This is the most amazing statement of all. You're telling me that people have been lied to in the urban parts of this country. They've been lied to. They're told that they need more Carter Elementary schools. <laughs> They've been told, no, no, no. It's, it's just that we don't have enough money. Really? Why aren't we prepared as a government to say some schools just suck and some locations just flat suck and no money's going to help it? And by the way, here's the solution. Here's a voucher. Go where you want. Can you imagine that? You want an urban change? I think this is the civil rights crisis of our country. The fact that people are stuck in a school they can't get out of. The fact that we force kids to go to Carter Elementary is an abomination. Jason Cameron ought to walk into every parent at Carter and say, we're closing this worthless piece of dung school and we're giving you a check and you can send your kid wherever you want. And then you're going to have schools coming to you going, no, send your kid to my school because we have the best education. No, send them to me. We got the better education. That system works in everything else on the planet Earth. You get to choose your grocery store, where you buy your clothes, where you get to eat food and what restaurants because they appeal to you. Except that's unacceptable in our school system. So much so that the PBS actually thinks that the Republicans have an awful position on urban schools. Wow. What a travesty. I can't deal with it. That is a liberal view. The Republicans shouldn't embrace more crappy government-run, downtrodden schools. The Republicans ought to embrace freedom and liberty to let parents choose which schools they should go to. Isn't that more, isn't that better? Corey Stewart's right. The reason the Republican Party is framed this way is because the Democrats love it. Democrats walk into these urban areas and say, I am going to give you more money. I'm going to take it from those guys. And I'm going to give it to you and you're going to vote for me and like it. Republicans walk in there and go, this is insanity. Don't listen to this race baiter Democrat who only wants you to vote for him because you, he can take care of you. Man, I long for good debates about this stuff. But they can't happen. The media won't let it. Liberals won't let it. PBS won't let it. It's just crazy. 454-1366. Rick from Midlothian. You're on with the Lee brothers. How are you doing, gentlemen? Just me here. Scott, uh, Scott Lee Richards in the hospital, not doing well. So just oh, me. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Thank you, sir. Hey, I give him all my prayers. Thank you. Um, I will say one thing. Uh, let your bread pressure go down just a little bit. I'm a big time black conservative. Okay. Big time. Listen to you guys all the time. Oh, thank you. Um, listen to brother Craig too. So love your station. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is a lot of this is our own fault. We've let them steal the narrative and we haven't fought back on it. We let them sprout these, I don't want to call them lies, but they are lies for the last 50 years. And they've just. You mean, you mean, you mean the Republicans on. are complicit? They haven't fought and, and defended the position. Exactly. Yeah. Do you not agree? I absolutely do agree. 
one hundred percent. We're not fighting. I mean, it's right there. Facts are facts. That's right. You know, you can try to argue facts if you want to, but you know, if you put the facts in front of the American people, you know, then you you win over half of them. Some of them you're not going to win. Right. But some of them, you know, they're not going to argue facts if they're smart people. But we don't even argue that. We let them get away with it. So I mean, some of that's on our own backs. I mean, well, not ours, but you know, the well, people we elect. And that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff because I feel like it can be defended and it can be defended passionately and uh, and logically and uh, factually. And so when I get all wrapped up about this stuff, I'm thinking, man, this th- there isn't a black issue. There are American issues. There are issues that are not dependent on the color of somebody's skin. And it's, I, I just, I can't get over it. It's, and I get all wrapped up. You're right, Rick. Rich, I do get impassioned at times. I do think oh, this. Oh, I do too. Oh, I know. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I do think that the, and by the way, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. And by the way, your prayers for Richard. Um, 454-1366, the school choice issue I'm impassioned about. I, I cannot believe that we still allow people to go to crummy schools and, and free people should be able to go where they want. All right, your phone calls, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Lee Brothers. Just outside the capital of the Commonwealth, Richard Lee is uh, in the hospital. He's, actually, he should be out by now. Richard, if you can hear me, text me and let me know. Uh, he had some internal bleeding and the complications from the pancreatic cancer. He is, uh, he's, he's always smiling. So, uh, good guy. He'll be back here uh, Friday from 3 to 6. All right, before I get in, um, uh, into the next uh, topic with Yasmin Tabe, I think her name is. She's an undocumented immigrant who crawled through a fence and now wants to run against... Uh, no, seriously, that's how she got here. She's now a citizen, a lawyer, and a Democrat activist running up in Northern Virginia. Before we get to that, let's get to the phones. 454-1366. Brother Craig, is that who this is? Is that right? That's right. Live and in living color. (laughs) Brother (laughs) Craig. How you doing, brother? The Hatchet Man. His uh, show is 10 to noon here on Saturdays, 820 WNTW. And a a fill-in for us from time to time. Thank you. And look, it's always an honor to uh, fill in for you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. And prayers to uh, Richard, man. Thank you. No, yeah, he, yeah. He, you, you know, know it's a tough driving year. Driving along. Go ahead. It's been a tough year for him and for us. I mean, he's, but he's a trooper, man. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm riding along listening to you with uh, the situation with Corey. You're doing a great job with it, man. Well, I well, look, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, Corey Stewart to be here, by the way, at 5. We're going to interview him at 5 o'clock live. These are clips from the PBS interview. Well, I better be quick then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not that far away, is it? Um, no, I, I think, you know, um, Craig, it's interesting. One of my passions, and it, it probably is yours too, is the whole school, uh, urban city school systems, which is— Well, it, I'm, it, the, I'm the school choice advocate at the Virginia Christian Alliance. I've been pushing this for years, mm-hmm. and— uh, you know, I've been trying to get these low-fat Republicans to get on board with uh, full, you know, full school choice, and uh, you know, and and not this school choice light. Right. Well, that's the yeah. that's the key. I mean, you want to change inner cities, you want to change lives and families. This is how you do it. You you empower them. You don't you don't yeah. tell them, hey, you're stuck at Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you, may, you believe and that? You, and, 
I do, man. And when you started talking about that, I was like, man, let me go ahead. At first, I said, no, I don't want to call and intrude on his show. I'll wait till tomorrow. Intrude. <laughs> but when you started on school choice, man, I say, okay, I got to help my brother out here. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. I mean, it's an. You're it, singing off my hymn book, man. I know, uh, I know. Because that's the key. And uh, the only civil right that really matters is the civil right to a good education. And you either going to have a uh, true education or not. And really, the Democrats want control of the school system so they can program children to be future Democrats, future socialists, future communists, future malleable people so that the leaders can force them or mold them or entice them to do whatever they want them to do because these people will not have critical thinking skills. They'll be crippled and they will be dependent. I can't believe there's not outrage over a government forcing a people to go to a crappy school. I can't hey, believe I can't yeah. believe that we are looking at Carter and saying, "Oh no, no well, yeah, we we uh, I know we are not accredited to you, and your teachers helped you uh, get through school and essentially lied to you and let you down, but we want you to come back, keep coming. No, you just yeah. keep coming to the school. Trust us, bureaucrats. We'll make it better. What a lie! Yeah, what a lie! <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you throw there; it is a disaster. Give it back to the parents. Yeah. How many fraudulent things does the government do that if you and I were to do it, we'd be thrown under the jail? Right. Yeah. But and, no, but see, it's a school. Is just one of them. How about printing money? Right. You and I can't print money, but the government can print money. The education is such an unbelievable scenario to, to think that just trust us again. No, no, yeah. sir. Just come on. But trust us. Put it back in this crummy school. And then the parents go there and listen to the same bureaucrats say the same things every year, and no one changes anything. And that's why we're so impassioned about it. Craig, you're, the, you're a great American. Thank you, sir. Appreciate what you do on Saturdays here, fighting for the cause of freedom and liberty. You're a great American. You keep up the fight, brother. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. Brother Craig, the hatchet man, Saturdays 10 to noon here. 820 WNTW. All right, um, your phone call's next. Uh, there's so much I want to get to that that the time is. I wanted to talk about Northam's tax. He has this idea of um, the earned income tax credit being uh, fully refunded. If that terminology doesn't doesn't uh, ring to you, I wanted to explain it. Essentially, it's welfare. It's a check cut to people who didn't pay taxes on it. And that um, it shouldn't surprise you. I wanted to get to that. And this Yasmin... Tabe. She's from, I think, Iran. And she is uh, another socialist who is running for office against uh, Dick Sassel, a Democrat. And if I can get to that later in the show, I will. But we've got Corey Stewart at the top of the hour at five. And then um, some other things we'll cover as we go in through the Brat um, Abigail Spanberger race, which should be a whole lot of fun. All right, new phone calls, 454-1366, Scott Lee, 820 WNTW. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. It's Carver Elementary. I know that. Did I say Carter? I think I said Carter a lot, only because Carter has a bad ring in my mind as well, as in president, you know, the peanut guy. It's Carver Elementary that is the con foisted among, along mankind. I mean, it's it's Carver Elementary. They should be shut down. Just let the parents choose which schools they want to go to and, and uh, give them money and let them go. 
Instead, you're trying to perpetuate and lift up a school that's a failure. And Carver Elementary is just that. It's a, and it's a travesty. Government at work. All right, coming up, Corey Stewart. He's going to join us. We've got some questions for him about the campaign. Let him speak directly to you. And, of course, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Check, click on the Lee Brothers. takes you directly to our page. 454-1366, the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. TV ads are dominating my TV. And I like them. Spamburger and Northam. They want more taxes. Or they want more of your money. They won't say that, but they do. But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. Exactly. Thank you very much. And Corey Stewart. He's next. Live on the phone. Waiting for us. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots Radio. As the founding fathers intended. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother is not here today. He is uh, in the hospital recovering from what many of you have already been praying for all year long is pancreatic cancer, and he is back in the hospital with some turning bleeding. He's supposed to be out, and I think he is, probably having a great meal somewhere without me because I've not heard from him. So our prayers, or your prayers, are coveted for him as he recovers. He's a phenomenal human being. Is He's always had such a great attitude about things. It's just it's, it's unbelievable. What a real uh, role model for me and, and so many others. So we wish Richard the best and hope that he will come back. And you know what? He's missing this. Well, maybe, maybe he's not. But he's going to miss Corey Stewart, who's joining me right now on the phone. Uh, Chairman Stewart. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on today. Man, glad to have you. Thank you. Been, been trying to hook up with you for a while. This is a, a, a very critical race for the cause of freedom and liberty. And um, we've got, we really want you to, uh, to do well here. I wanted to have you on to speak directly to our listeners. Haven't had that happen yet. So uh, you doing okay? You all right? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're doing great. We had a forum last night uh, down at uh, Liberty, liberty University yeah. and, and uh, that went very well. Uh, we've got several more. We've got a big debate scheduled uh, up here in Northern Virginia uh, next week. And then 26th, uh, a right. forum at Hampton University coming up. Uh, later on, but um, it's it's going to be great. So the debates, I love. I love the debates, and I think it gives you an opportunity to, to really shine when you show the differences between you and a Tim Kaine. And this is what I want our listeners to really grasp this uh, during our short time here is is the differences because they're they're great. And we've had Tim Kaine in our lives for a very long time as mayor of the city of Richmond, lieutenant governor. He's been on, you know, he was going to be Obama's pick for VP, and then he was Hillary's pick for VP. He's a senator, and he has done nothing but massive liberalism since then. And you are going to be quite the contrast. Do you think the debate's the time to show that? Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, Tim Kaine is an automatic no. You know, it's one thing to, you know, have some disagreements with the president and vote against them here and there. Like, but, you know, Tim Kaine hates President Trump. He's very bitter because of the 2016 election. Uh, And so you've got Tim Kaine who's voting against every single thing that President Trump proposes, even if that hurts Virginia. Uh, You know, when President Trump uh, proposed a pay increase for our military, 
Tim Kaine voted against it. When the president proposed a modest housing increase for a military, Tim Kaine voted against it. When the president you know, cut taxes, Kaine voted against it. He's opposed to everything. And now, he's, of course, he's against the appointment of uh, Judge Kavanaugh right. to the Supreme Court. He's just an automatic no to everything that President Trump proposes. And, and even worse than the no, I love how he blamed you in the first debate for the deficit. He, blamed, he thinks the reason, you supporting a tax cut is the reason we have a deficit, which is absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, but you know, this is, uh, this is the far left wing of the, of the democratic party. Once upon a, once upon a time, the Democrats, you know, were a reasonable party, you know, back in the days of Kennedy and Truman and so forth. But that, that democratic party is long gone. What's left is the far left, extreme left. And they don't even understand that the reason we have a deficit isn't because uh, we don't tax enough. The problem is we spend way too exactly. much. During the Obama years, $8 trillion of deficit spending, additional spending above and beyond what was supposed to be spent, and we've got nothing to show for it. Tim Kaine is blaming the taxpayer for deficits. I mean, serious. If you get a tax cut, it's your fault because now we have – it's absurd. All right, so, so how do we – every poll I see, Corey Stewart, 20 points down – 10 points down. It's a, it's like this huge, massive, and I'm not a poll guy. I'm actually against polls, but how do we overcome that? I mean, w- there's a lot of like, I'm looking at it going, man, we got to do something. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, there was a pool house poll that came out. That was the first legitimate poll that actually only polled registered voters. Imagine that. Uh, and in that one, we're down by five points. The, the, these other uh, polls are a lot of them are done by liberal political science departments at these various universities, uh, and they're just you know they're just randomly calling people. Well, of course, Kane has more name recognition among average people, but a lot of non-voters there, and and you know they you know if they recognize Kane, they say, well, you know, I'll support him. But this is the problem that Tim Kane has; he's still under fifty percent even in these faulty polls. So it, the fact is, the people know who he is. The, he ran for vice president. They know who he is, but he's still getting less than half of voters who are willing to support him, even though they know him. The reason I'm lagging is because of name recognition. People don't know who I am. But if they, if they don't know who I am, but between now and November 6th, they do find out, and we are rapidly gaining up in, in name recognition, uh, you know, we're going to, this is going to be a very close uh, election. It's going to be just like 2014, where we were up very, very late. Every, every vote counts. We're talking to Corey Stewart, who's challenging Tim Kaine for the Senate seat here in the, in the Commonwealth. What, what's, the, what's the thing you want people to know right now listening going, this is what separates Corey Stewart from a Tim Kaine. This is what you're going to get in the U.S. Senate with Corey Stewart that you're not going to get with Tim Kaine. I'm going to support the president in making the tax cuts permanent and, pre- and reducing your federal taxes even more and rebuilding the military, the 355-ship Navy. I'm going to be supporting the president as he uh, supports our veterans. I will be supporting the president in building the wall on the Mexican border and removing criminal illegal aliens from all of Virginia and all of the country. I'm going to be doing all those things and working with the president. And Tim, obviously, those are... And Tim Kaine is an automatic <laughs> exactly. vote to exactly. all of that. Right. He's voted against all of that. By the way, Tim Kaine uh, wanted to let out a convicted killer, Jen Soaring, when he was governor. Um, so to think that he would stand up against any kind of criminal activity, you begin to wonder, like, what's the, what's the deal here if he would do something like that? You were endorsed this week by the NRA. 
Yeah, I'm proud of that. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big uh, supporter of gun rights. Uh, you know something? You know, when you when you travel around Virginia, these these liberal Democrats think that um, you know people are stupid and that they think that the way to uh, control to to lower crime is through gun control. And of course, everybody knows that's not the case. Taking hands out of the hands of, of law-abiding citizens. You know who it hurts the most? People who are living in dangerous areas, low-income people. You know, in Richmond, and you know, and you know, right downtown Richmond, and different places where you know the incomes aren't so high. It's in those very places where law-abiding citizens need to be able to own a handgun, need to be able to protect themselves. Tim Kaine's against that. He's all for gun control. Well, not only that, I want to play a clip for you that he, um, he said about, a, about the Second Amendment, and I'm playing it for a couple of reasons. One, I want our audience to hear it again, but also I want to make sure you hear it because this is his interpretation of the Second Amendment. I don't know that you've ever heard this, but uh, I wanted to play it for you in hopes that you can use it in your campaign. Here it is. The Second Amendment is the only amendment that uses the phrase well-regulated, but it explicitly not acknowledges that regulations are part of what may be necessary. It's clear from its usage that the framers knew that firearms were dangerous, though necessary, and there needed to be rules to ensure their safe use. In other words, the phrase well-regulated in the text is not there to refer to the kind of a uniform that a militia member will wear, whether they should have a beard or not. It's there to refer to the need for discipline and training to keep those people who bear arms behaving in a reasonable and safe manner. Corey Stewart, he actually believes that the term well-regulated in the Second Amendment means that the government should regulate firearms. That, That is a travesty. I can't believe he thinks that. I, I can't either. What a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. I mean, obviously he was a very bad attorney because that's not what it means at all. You know, <laughs> not at all, exactly. I mean, look, I mean, our Bill of Rights, these are personal rights. These are individual rights to protect those rights against government. And, and the, the founders knew that you had to protect right. the ability to own a firearm, not just, not just to go hunting, not just for personal security, but because they knew that when, when the citizens are armed, you know what, the, the government's going to be a lot less likely to turn to tyranny to try to control them. Uh, we need to protect that right. It's, 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 uh, it's the right that protects all of the others. Yeah. Jefferson said, when the people fear the government, it's called tyranny, but when the government fears the people, it's called liberty. <laughs> I, you know that's that's good. We, we need to keep we need to keep quoting Jefferson in this country. That's right. All right. So you have a press conference on Monday about university admissions. What's that about? Well, you know, uh, you know what's happened over the years. Um, it's become uh, these um, uh, policies on uh, you know, uh, but the, the universities are using race as a as a criterion in whether or not somebody should be admitted uh, to college, and this has really hurt a lot of kids who can't get into colleges, and it's, it's really hurt uh, the Asian community whose you know, test scores are off the charts. They work very hard. They're very disciplined. But they have to get test scores that are far and above what other students have to get uh, in order to get into these universities. Um, and uh, that's what I call discrimination. And that's what they call discrimination. And so finally, you know, the Asian community and others are standing up and saying, look, you know, judge us based upon our merit, judge us based upon our academic right. uh, abilities, don't don't judge us based upon our race. You know, we need to move beyond that. With this obsession with race that the universities have, that, you know, the, the mainstream media has, that the left wing and the Democrats have, and even some Republicans, we have to get over that and start looking past it. Yeah, great point. Saw so the, the poll, 57% of Democrats think socialism is a good thing. <laughs> 
Well, it just says it all. It I mean, does. you know, I this mean, is a race think, against socialism. You could, you could actually categorize this as a capitalism versus socialism, and and you being the capitalist, can't be the socialist. You know, the thing is, is that his true stripes have have come out. You know, when he was running for governor, he didn't come across as a far left winger. Uh, people, he knew that people would have rejected him. Well, now that you know, socialism has become cool in in, in uh, democratic circles. Now he's a, he's just really very close to being an outright socialist, just like uh, Bernie Sanders. And so, uh, you know, if we allow Tim Kaine to get reelected and the Democrats to take over control of the United States Senate and the United States House, it's going to completely shut down everything that President Trump is doing to, you know, revive our economy right. and rebuild our economy, our military. Bernie Sanders would be the new Senate chair uh, <laughs> of, of the budget committee, a no socialist. Thanks. No, thanks. He's the ranking Democrat on the budget committee right now. Corey Stewart, how can people find out more about you? CoreyStewart.com and Perfect. on Facebook and social media. It's uh, Corey Stewart, VA, as in Virginia. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Good luck in this thank race. You, Let us know if we can help you. Will do. All right. Thank you. That's Corey Stewart running for U.S. Senate seat. And if Richard is here, he'd say a truly great American. All right. Your phone call's next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. We are giving away in the tax code about $1.3 trillion a year. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers. I want a last show. The cause. The cause is freedom and liberty in November. No, it's that simple. It really is. Um, I thought Corey Stewart did a great job there. And we talked a lot about him this uh, this segment and this, this hour. But here is a commercial that Tim Kaine is running against Corey Stewart. I'm Tim Kaine, and I approve this message. I wish I could stop it right there. That's just so annoying. Wow. Is his, wow. <laughs> is, is his wow. voice Is his voice not the... Fingernails on the chalkboard. It's just like, gosh, I can't even. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh. I'm Tim Kaine, and I approve this message. Puke. Affordable health care is key to building a Virginia that works for all. I'm fighting to lower health care costs and protect people with pre-existing conditions. If elected, Corey Stewart would take health care away from millions and cut Medicaid. He would? Under his leadership, county public health funding was cut 35%. And he even tried to eliminate the entire health department. No. We can't afford a senator who will put your health at risk. Corey Stewart. You know what's interesting is, doesn't anyone at one time stop and go, why would a a U.S. senator have that much control over my health care? That's the problem. Why is there so much power in D.C. that a senator has that kind of control over my health care? That's a problem. And, and Corey Stewart would get there and probably bring things back to the states and give you more power. Tim Kaine would never want that. 454-1366. Mike from Richmond. You're on with the Lee brother. Well, me, Scott Lee here. Yeah, Scott. Well, uh, I hope your brother Richard's going to be all right. Uh, Scott, uh, you know, uh, isn't this something? Kane is the son-in-law of the first Republican governor since Reconstruction. I mean, the Republicans, I think, helped put Mark Warner in. They probably helped put Kane in. And look at what they did to uh, Cuccinelli. And now we've got this uh, woman, Winsome Sears, is uh, urging uh, voters to write her name in and not to back Stewart. I mean, this party is becoming a a party of suicide. Well, I don't doubt, Mike, and I actually have talked about this, that the Republicans are are worse. Sometimes we, we circle the wagons and shoot ourselves. And I, I don't understand why the Republican Party does that. Democrats would never do that. They would never look for reasons to beat each other up. But Republicans are very, very good at it. 
And that's, it's just, it's frustrating. Why would Winsome Sears do that? What is she trying to accomplish? Split the vote? It's, if, if, if the principles are in the Republican Party, if you are for the principles of the Republican Party, then Corey Stewart is your man. You don't, maybe you don't like Corey Stewart. Maybe you don't like that he's bombastic or he says what he thinks. So go down the Republican creed. These are the things I hold to. I don't have to hug Corey Stewart and embrace him personally to want tax cuts, to want more freedom and liberty, to want things devolved out of, the, uh, out of this far-off land, surrounded by a beltway, run by kings and queens, back to the Commonwealth. I don't have to embrace everything about Corey Stewart to want that. But there's, there's something wrong with the Republicans that say if they're not perfect, you don't want them. Reagan said if someone votes with me 80% of the time, they're friends of mine. They're on my side. I don't have to have everything about the candidate to be absolutely perfect for me to, to run through the tape for him or want them. Was Corey Stewart everyone's pick? No. But look who he's up against. It's not difficult. All right, your phone call is next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. You know what I was thinking about? Maybe I could have Richard fill in for me next week. That's what I'm doing. It's going to be the single-headed talk show, me this week, Richard Lee next week. No, he just he got out of the hospital. Richard Lee is uh, mending. He'll be here next week. 454-1366. Paul from Hanover. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Hey, good to talk to you, Scott, again. Uh, just a real quick, uh, this subject with, about Corey Stewart, it just really uh, infuriates me with the Republican Party. You know, there's a morning talk show host that I frequently listen to, and uh, he uh, was at, at Dave Bratt's breakfast that day you spoke so uh, eloquently. Anyway, um, you know, he, he refuses to support Corey Stewart for some reason or another. Uh, I've argued with him. I even bet him. He said, well, Corey Stewart's going to lose about 140,000 votes. So I what? said, I'll bet you. Yeah. I, well, I said, that's not the point. I mean, it, even if he does lose, it's, that's not, that's not the point. The point is, exactly. why, I mean, totally. you, gosh, we're certainly going to lose if you don't vote for him. Right. <laughs> I, and, I've, and, and the same thing going around with this libertarian. I've heard the libertarian speak, you know, on a couple of occasions and, you know, I, you know, that's all well and good. You know, there's people out there say, well, you know, I'm going to vote my conscience to this, that you're wasting a vote. I'm sorry. Be realistic. You know, it's, it's not going to do anything, but, but uh, take a vote away from the best person, but at least the second best person, you know, which is uh, Corey Stewart. So, you know, I, like I, I said, don't you don't understand. have to like him. You do not have to like Corey right. Stewart. You, totally, you know. You're totally right. I mean, yep. uh, we need people that will vote for the Republican principles, even small R Republicanism in the Senate. There's only a hundred of them. So, I mean, we've got to get the best that we can. Not the perfect, the best that we can. That's Corey Stewart in this election cycle. You don't want Tim Kaine back there. All right, coming up, I want to talk about Abigail Spamberger and her position on taxes. Uh, Brat's got a new uh, TV commercial. We'll play that. We'll take your phone calls. But first, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you got three great things to look at. One's a new ad from Brat. I'm going to play in a second. A new way to board airplanes. United has a video to tell you about how to do it. It's actually interesting. Not a big fan. And what is Hezbollah? 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you there. Scott Lee, 820 WNTW. Freedom.
freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. The best bump music in the Commonwealth of Virginia. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. 535, outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia on this Friday afternoon. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host. My friend and my brother, sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee, who is not here. He is uh, recovering um, from different complications from fighting pancreatic cancer. And uh, as you might guess, that is a big deal. And so we covet your prayers for Richard Lee and the Lee family and the Lee household. He will be back here next week. That's what he says. He's probably eating a nice, big, as he would say, nasty meal right now. Um, since he's out of the hospital. So um, that's good news. He's just not here with me today. So I'm kind of stuck on my own. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page where we podcast. You can pick up more of this and then drop uh, Richard an email at your convenience. Brat Spanberger. That race is coming up. We know, so the Corey Stewart, Tim Kane one, we, we figured out. Okay, we got that. We're good. We know what the answer is there. And actually, we know what the answer is with the Brad Spanberger. Of course, I call her Abby. We're close, you know. She, she won't even come on the show. I've, I've emailed them a, a li- half a dozen times, and I guess they caught wind that uh, maybe I should have Richard email. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Richard email. That, that way it comes across better. Oh, it's Richard. Oh, okay. Well, come on. All right, so uh, Dave Brett has an ad out that is on TV. I thought it was pretty good. It's titled Nothing. Here it is. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberger? This is a great start to the ad, by the way. What do we know about Abigail Span? What do we know about her? Well, if you ask her, nothing. Because none of her ads tell us who she is on purpose. Nothing she says tells us anything who she is, with a couple exceptions. I'll share with that in a second. But it, the, the, her TV commercials, her ads are all fluff. I'm different. I care about all of you. I'm for bipartisanship. It's all a bunch of a hooey. She's a, she's a leftist Democrat who's going to vote with Nancy Pelosi and against you. I'm sorry. Start it over. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberg? Nothing. Oh, say it's where it's the, that's the title of the ad here. Okay, hang on. Let's start over. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberger? Zero. Absolutely not. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Start over. Okay. Sorry. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberger? You didn't think I was going to let it go, did you? You're right. What do we really? <laughs> right here we go. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberger? Sorry. I can't, okay, now we're stuck. Okay, it's going to go this time. What do we really know about Abigail Spanberger and her policies? Well, we know she'd eliminate the tax cuts that have helped Virginia families. We know she supports sanctuary cities in Virginia. And we know Spanberger's health care plan would bankrupt Medicare as we know it. A $32 trillion spending increase that would double our taxes. Abigail Spanberger, tax hikes, sanctuary cities, bankrupt Medicare. What else do you need to know? I'm Dave Bratt, and I approve this message. True. Now we know. So Abby does have a specific stance on taxes. We know this. We get a clip of her saying that they're a mistake. But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And we have it in writing. There's a website called Reddit or Read It. I don't know what it's. I've never heard of this website. What is it? Trey, you ever heard of the term Reddit? Read It? I have think you? it's called Reddit. Is it called Reddit? It's it's red, not like R-E-A-D. It's R-E-D. I. It, it's D-D-I-T, yes. Mm-hmm. Reddit. Yeah, okay, Reddit. Um, 
And she posted on there about who she was, and somebody chimed in and said, hey, um, thank you for doing this. Here's a question. Can you answer this question? Cutting revenues and increasing our country's deficit by past the tax bill, um, what would be your proposal for the most recent income tax revision? What is your opinion on the current state of wealth inequality in the United States? Abigail wrote back. I have it here in my hand. Abigail Spamberger responded by cutting revenues and increasing our country's deficit by passing the tax bill was wholly irresponsible. So she thinks that if you cut taxes, you cut revenues, which by the way, that hasn't happened. The revenue to the federal treasury is larger now than it's ever been with tax cuts. Abby, you're wrong. But even if you were right, there's nothing wrong with cutting revenues to the federal government. For once, they can live with less instead of me. Nothing wrong with that. So she says cutting revenues and increasing our country's deficit by passing a tax bill was wholly irresponsible. The tax cut didn't cause a deficit. I don't know why this is hard to figure out by the left. Spending causes deficits. Abigail Spamberger just blamed you. You know that $1,000 or more you got in your pocket? You know the the money that your corporation got and gave you as a pay increase or hired more people, you know that, that whole thing? Yeah, it's your fault. You kept too much of your money. You surf, you peasant, you little bitty taxpayer, you. You kept so much of your money that it's caused a deficit up there, and Abigail knows it, and she calls it irresponsible. It's irresponsible that you get to keep your money. That is insanity. This is how the left thinks. This is how Abigail Spanberger thinks. She thinks that cutting your taxes creates a deficit. Therefore, it's your fault. This is madness. It is. She goes on to write this. And a tax windfall for the ultra wealthy and corporations is detrimental to our country and the economy. It is. And by the way, a tax windfall that would imply that they won something or that it wasn't theirs. It's their money, Abigail. A tax cut isn't a windfall. Once again, exposing your real view of taxes. That it's the rightful owner of the tax dollars is the government in Abigail's world. She actually wrote this on Reddit or read it or whatever it is. The tax windfall for the ultra wealthy. The ultra wealthy. They're evil. The ultra-wealthy, once again, is evil. Is detrimental to the country? So letting the wealthy keep their money hurts the country? How does that hurt the country? It's their money. They get to keep their money, and that's painful to the country or to even me, who's not wealthy? Why would I care? And she goes on to say this. The current and growing income inequality gap is a threat to hardworking families. It is? Income inequality is a threat. Okay. It's a threat if it's real. I mean, I don't, I, I, it's not real in the sense that it can be fixed by government. What would government do to fix some income inequality? Listen to what she says. It's a burden on all hard work. And Congress has a responsibility. Here it is. Government has a responsibility. Abigail Spanberger thinks it's her responsibility to ensure that there's no income inequality. 
This is on paper written by Abigail. This is a threat to you and Liberty. Abigail Spanberger is a threat. She's going to reverse the tax cuts. She says it's her money, not yours, and you are responsible for deficits. That adds up to one thing. You better vote for Dave Bratt. 454-1366. Chief Joe from Williamsburg. You're on with the Lee Brothers. Yeah, I keep going back to my copy of the Constitution in Article 1, Section 8, uh, with the articulated powers, the 18 that are given to the federal government, and I can't find anything in there that provides her with the authority to equalize income. Uh, well, hang, on, hang on a proper- second. Hang on a second, Chief. I want You are exactly right, but I want our listeners to catch up with what you just said. Because Article 1, Section 8 is the enumerated powers clause. And most people don't even know that's there. I get this conversation with people all the time and say, what do you mean? What should the government do? Well, the Constitution told us. <laughs> I mean, why not stick with that? You're exactly right. It doesn't say make things fair. The Constitution doesn't say make sure there's no inequality. It never says that. You're exactly right, Joe. So I'm sitting here. And again, like I said, no articulated power. The Tenth Amendment says that any power not specifically given to the federal government prohibited to the states is reserved for the states and the people. So I'm sitting here. I always look at it, and I tell them that's the fatal six. I had to add one after Obama. I always call it the fatal five. Let's start with Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Obamacare. Those constitute about 70 cents out of every dollar of federal outlay, okay? And I cannot find nor can I find a politician on either side that can articulate and show me any place in the Constitution where they are in Article 1, Section 8. I've heard time and time again from people saying, well, the courts have said they're legal. This, again, is the fallacy. If you think the courts are there to protect your civil liberties and your freedoms, you're wrong. Yeah, okay? they are, obvious. They are, uh, ever since the Marbury versus Madison absolutized the federal court, the, the Supreme Court, and made it the most powerful form of... Uh, branch in government, we our liberties have been at risk by nine people who are not elected. It's varied over time, but right now it's nine people who are unelected and appointed forever. Okay? People need to wake up. You need to study the Constitution. You need to understand that there are limited. We were once a federated republic uh, until 1860, and when they had the Jacobian revolt that led to this Hobbesian state that we live in today, Thanks to Lincoln. A lot of people, uh, I'm not a Lincoln file. Everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think he had a, gr- uh, a good heart. But to preserve the Union by force, he took, and ultimately, as Stonewall Jackson once alluded to, it was a triumph of bankers and factories. It was a triumph of commerce over free and responsible government on this continent. Lincoln had to get in bed with them. I'm not criticizing business, but no, I'm saying is. There is a dual familiar relationship between business and government today. Agree. And we need to separate that. Laissez-faire, as long as they're not poisoning us or destroying the environment, they go about their business, they keep their revenues, they pay it out to their shareholders. Right. But there you go. Yep. Chief Joe, thank you. Couldn't have said it better. Appreciate the call. 454-1366. More. The Lee Brothers dead ahead. 820 WNTW. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. The Lee Brothers on a Friday afternoon. Richard Lee is not here. He's in the hospital recovering, trying to get better so he can join us again next Friday. Cover your prayers. Thank you for your concern for the Lee Brothers. Always appreciate that. 
Apparently, what I understand is he is out now, so he's probably having a big nasty meal without me. The um, by the way, next week I'm going to talk about uh, have Delegate Kirk Cox on a majority leader, and we're going to talk about uh, Ralph Northam's plan for taxes, which is pretty unbelievable. He also wants to um, use the Department of of Environmental Quality in a way that Barack Obama would use the EPA, and we'll talk about that coming up also. But first, I got to talk about this this new candidate, this Democrat is uh, challenging Dick Sasslaw for the primary next year. Yasmin Tabe, what's her name? She says it right here, hang on. Hi, I'm Yasmin Tabe. Yasmin Tabe, is that what she said? Tab. Hi, Tabe? I'm Yasmin Tabe. Tab. okay. Yasmin, Yasmin, I'll probably butcher that a couple of times. Anyway, she is, um, she's challenging him because he's not left enough. He takes corporate campaign cash, you see, which is the new trend by the left. I don't take any corporate money as if it's evil. It's, it's free speech. Um, she's pushing for a $15 minimum wage and opposes the death penalty. So she tries to out Dick Sasslaw. I love how Dick Sasslaw is getting challenged by the left. He's a pretty leftist guy anyway. I love when a Democrat complains about a Democrat. He says, quote, she makes these wild claims without supporting facts. Really? Welcome to the Democratic Party. This is what Republicans have been fighting along the whole time. Now you get to challenge by a Democrat and you get to find out that you guys don't use facts. That's interesting. She says, uh, he goes on to say, she doesn't, she uses wild claims without supporting facts, how I'm the most conservative Democrats. Then he goes on to say, I'm far from conservative. I love Planned Parenthood. <laughs> I love NARAL, every town for gun safety, Virginia Education Association. I could go on and on with my Democrat leaning groups that I've supported. <laughs> See, I'm more leftist than you. I love the the uh, debate inside the Democrats. Anyway, here is uh, Yasmin's uh, campaign commercial as her introduction. Like a lot of Northern Virginians, how I became a progressive Democrat is a deeply personal story. As a former refugee, my family and I escaped war-torn Iran when I was six years old. We packed our bags, fled the country, and eventually made our way to the Mexican border. The night my mother, three siblings, and I crossed the southern border, I remember in the dark of night, climbing through a hole in a wire fence and being told by my mom to run. It's an interesting story, isn't it? So she came here illegally, crawled through a hole in the fence, came here to change our country. <laughs> I guess. Instead of embrace the ideals of it and want to be more American, she came here to go, I don't like it here. And this country was mean. It's almost like that sets the, the premise. The premise is, see how mean you are? All you Americans with your stupid wall. You're mean. I had to break through to get in here. <laughs> it's like, what? You couldn't, I mean, it, okay, anyway, she continued. So I did. The next thing I remember was seeing my sister in a white van, caught by U.S. authorities, okay, tears streaming down her face. America's so evil. I didn't know what was going to happen to me and my family. We eventually made our way to South Florida where I grew up. Now she goes on and tells this story about the whole thing and, and she kind of gets to the end where she's a progressive. I'm a progressive Democrat precisely because there's another little girl in Virginia today who needs someone to fight for her. And no one is? And by the way, what's fighting for her look like? Republicans don't fight for her? Dick Sasslaw's not left enough to fight for her? I don't understand that terminology. Although I understand the heart appeal. It's very appealing. Fight for her. Thank God, I just want someone to fight. How come no one ever fights for me? I want to know. Mark, why is no one fighting for you and me? 
I mean, Amanda Chase in there saying she fights for us. But why did no one ever fight for me, an old white guy? Which, by the way, is a threat now, apparently, all week long. Men have, men have been getting on my nerves lately. Yeah, see, men have been getting on. No wonder I can. no one's fighting for me. I'm not a little girl. Man. I mean, I'm a man. All right, anyway, no one's fighting for me. Yasmin is fighting for everybody. To fight for her education, for her rights, for her undocumented parents. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, well, her uh, her rights, which she has if she's here in this country, in Virginia specifically. Um, her education, is, is there a threat against her education I'm missing somehow? Where, where's that big boogeyman? I wonder where that boogeyman is. And her undocumented parents? So this little girl happens to have undocumented parents. And you're going to fight for them how? They, they broke the law. It's, it's, it's just, it's more leftism, and Dick Sasslaw's not left enough. For her right to live up to her potential. Yeah, and no one's going to let her do that. This woman is fighting for uh, camp without corporate cash. She wants to push a $15 minimum wage, which brings me to our caller's point earlier. Where is that in the enumerated powers, Article 1, Section 8? Or here in the Senate. And what, what makes her think she can set the wage for an employee? Who understands the work ethic of the employee? The employer. Does Yasmin understand the work ethic of every employee employee in the Commonwealth of Virginia to think they deserve $15 an hour? No, of course not. Dave from Richmond, you got one minute. All right. I just wanted to say that there's, there's one time that I've heard where the southern border, uh, where someone articulated that people are coming from all over the world to come illegally into this country through that southern border. The Democrats don't say that. Usually, the Democrats don't say that. You don't hear that. Um, they, you think it's only Mexicans that are coming through, but they're coming from all over the world. They know it. The whole world knows it. And, and Yasmin, thank you, thank you, Dave. And Yasmin just made that point. She's from Iran, and she, sm- she snuck in through the southern border, which means terrorists can sneak in through the southern border. Right? Good point, Dave. Appreciate that. 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW. That's a wrap, but we're going to let George from Dinwiddie take us out. you got 30 seconds. But sir, I, I can see opportunity for everybody in this country, but all white people, this, uh, this, the ones, the deplorables, the, the stinky ones that they smell in Walmart, the He's ones so that have worked funny. their whole life. Okay. Thanks, George. Appreciate the call. What did he say? Play that again. <laughs> Check us out, 820. So 820theanswer.com. 820theanswer.com. Check us out. Click on the Lee Brothers. Chase you directly to our page. And we are podcast our shows. Richard, my friend, get better. We're praying for you. And we'll see you next week. By the way, coming up, Senator Amanda Chase. Cut to the Chase is the name of her great radio program. She's next. Send us off, Reagan. <laughs> my friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all.